Fit After 30 show episode number four with Matt Peacock from We Are Optimize. Let's go. Welcome to the Fit After 30 show, the podcast for those who refuse to accept that they're past it or that their best days are behind them and are ready to demand more from themselves despite some potential new challenges. Aches might be there, your time might be a little limited and your responsibilities are likely through the roof. But ultimately, if you're listening in, I know you're not up for just settling. Welcome in once again as we explore how to excel and balance physique, family and fat loss in this new chapter of your life. I'm your host Sharif Lawton and this is the Fit After 30 show. Matt, what is going on brother? Welcome into the Fit After 30 show. You're my first ever guest. Do you feel honoured? I feel beyond honoured, mate. Thank you for <laughs> No mate, seriously, I, I appreciate the time and uh, I know you're running around in every which way and direction and we just talked about burnout a little bit uh, off air. So we'll definitely get into that. But just before man, if you want to sort of uh, tell the folks who you are, what you do, uh, a little bit potentially about the rebrand and We Are Optimized and yeah, who you are, dude. Okay, so let's try and make this the, the fast version because I could go for days here. and it's yeah, Super quick, probably, man. Probably not that interested, right? So uh, I, I, I'm Matt, I came, into, I came into personal training kind of late, later in my life compared to a lot of coaches. Uh, I spent a decade working in consultant engineering um, beforehand, which was fantastic, but ultimately left me f- feeling kind of unfulfilled. So that's that part of my life. We'll not bother paying any more airtime to that. Moving into coaching, I came into coaching later, um, kind of without a plan and, and went into the gym and became very, very busy very, very quickly, mainly because in every office I'd ever worked and I was like the office PT. So like I was that guy that was like tuna on rice. I was total bro, like tuna on rice at lunch and like had the like my uh, in, in the office, like a lot of your listeners will know that like you've got your pedestal unit, which has your filing cabinet. I ripped the filing cabinet out and replaced it with like a five kilo bag of protein. And I, <laughs> I was that guy. So when, when I moved into coaching, I put it on my LinkedIn and then all of a sudden everyone was like, oh, cool. I can actually get coaching from this guy now. So, so that was cool. Got really, really busy. Tried a hybrid model a couple of years later, online and face-to-face, which worked really well as well. And then kind of just decided to take the plunge early, despite the kind of best efforts from people further ahead of me in the industry saying, you know, you shouldn't be jumping into online so quickly. My skills set kind of lay in the digital kind of domain, thanks to my old life. So I decided to just merge those two things real quick. And, and it just went absolutely mental, super quick. I got to being like jammed as an online coach. Um, and as you say, I, I became, uh, I, I rebranded recently. So we went from uh, the muscle mindset coach, which I felt I personally kind of, the business had started to outgrow and it kind of felt like I was the muscle mindset coach, but the business was getting bigger than that. Yep, yep, yep. So we rebranded over to We Are Optimized, which has been challenging because it's just the never rebrand if you haven't already, like just don't do it. It's like that you forget how much intellectual property exists in the world with the muscle mindset coach on it. And it was just like this gargantuan task of breaking through everything and trying to rebrand everything, which has been cool. But it's brought me a lot closer to kind of where I want the business to go. And it's given me some real time to, to direct it towards male only coaching, direct it towards 
beyond just fat loss and muscle gain, which tends to be this kind of strange binary choice that this industry gives you as a client and yeah, yeah. presenting a third option of what I've labeled as complete human optimization. So going beyond that and thinking about the health aspects and thinking about like, you know, that's the point in this podcast, Fit After 30, my clients are in that category. For, for those people with children, with stressful jobs, with marriages, all the stuff that's going on, getting shredded is often a secondary or tertiary concern. So we look at getting the guys into the most optimal domain they can for even just things like productivity, focus, sleep, all these kind of what I call the satellite elements of, of good health. Absolutely fantastic. And that's actually something which I really want to quiz you and talk to you about because, you know, I've seen your approach and it is very different. And that's why, you know, my ears pricked up and my kind of uh, my eyes are always scanning on your page when you're talking about stuff, because it's just very different from typical kind of calorie deficit and, you know, weight training and looking good for the beach, which is obviously important. But yeah, I like your style. I like your style. So dude, we're going to get into that if that's cool with you. Um, first things first, man, I think everyone wants to know, especially me, uh, what goes into that smoothie first thing in the morning, dude? Wait, if I had a pound for me to have been asked that in the last you TM year, that man straight away. <laughs> I could just retire. It's actually so I, I see these days when someone DMs me, it probably seems quite passive aggressive, but it's not meant like that. I just forward them a post which is on my page because I'm like, I should just save a note with the ingredients. Yeah. And everyone, once I send them the ingredients, mate, they, they always want to know the exact quantities. I don't know. <laughs> and where I'm, and I'm the, shop, the shop you get it from, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the, the most bizarre part before we get into it is. And why are all those ingredients there? Like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like the complete human optimization badge has brought like really deep and bizarre questioning from people. I don't know, because I like the taste. Like it, it's not going to make you grow six inches taller overnight, but yeah. like the, the main, let's give you the ingredients because everybody wants to know and that might put it to bed. Uh, so the first thing that goes in is beetroot. That's why it looks like you could paint your walls with it. And I think like when we make, the reason we have a smoothie is for me, most people have digestive issues. Smoothies are far easier to, for people to digest because they're best word ever and a great opportunity to use it. Pre-masticated. Nice. Um, don't get that wrong. Um, so pre-masticated, um, just basically meaning it's been pre-chewed, meaning that we have less digestive requirement. So we put that together equally well, super easy, and you can have it in about two minutes. And thirdly, and, and not of third importance, but most people under hit their protein target and over hit their carb target at breakfast, right? So we can change that balance quite quickly and move breakfast towards a protein centric rather than carb centric meal. The next issue and why we were started with beetroot there is that then what most people hear is smoothie and they just throw a month's worth of fruit at the blender. And then they're like, <laughs> I can't work out why there's so many carbs in my, in my smoothie. It's like, because you have literally the entire jungle in that blender. So we start with a vegetable because I felt like that's where, we need to start there are other health benefits but it's not the, the place for it so beetroot we put ginger in it i use frozen avocado and frozen spinach which are the absolute godsend because they're the two things that you buy the avocado is like a rock and the spinach is crisp you open it and 0.6 seconds later the avocado is a brown mush it's literally useless and the uh the spinach is soggier than an otter's pocket so we we buy those two things frozen to avoid those situations so we've got yeah. beetroot we've got avocado we've got ginger we've got spinach we've got some kale if it's in and it's fresh so there's some veg straight off the bat then we put in some frozen blueberries frozen raspberries if they're in the house but whatever um three scoops of protein a scoop of uh, oats i just use a protein scoop to weigh my oats far easier pro tip and then um, I use unsweetened coconut milk because I feel like it's creamier than 
It's superior to almond milk, and I won't be told otherwise. Um, <laughs> Mate, you've just, given, you've just given away the keys to the kingdom there, man. That's the, that's the we are up to my secret, dude. <laughs> it's absolutely amazing. And it's just like, it's one less thing that is going to play a role in contributing to my cognitive fatigue as the morning goes on. And that sounds ridiculous, but if you think about the people that we work with, they already have enough stress on their plate. They already have, and actually in the morning when they've got the least cognitive fatigue, they're fresh, they're bandwidth, their bandwidth is full, their stress load is minimal because they just got up. Why are we wasting that on having to work out what's a high protein breakfast and reading a bloody recipe? Just get used to making the same thing, throw it in the blender, bish, bash, bosh. You can drink it on the way to work if you're that busy. Perfect. So a lot of it is about like the whole, uh, as much as it's obviously micronutrient debts and hits your protein target. A lot of it for you is about eliminating decision fatigue rather than worrying about shit. Do I have eggs? Do I have whey? Do I have yogurt? Da, da, da. A hundred percent. Like I know it's silly, but if we look at the people that like, you know, like who are the, the kind of high achievers, like we hear it a lot and it's probably cliched and it's probably bullshit, but you know, some of these real like hard charging guys, you know, they've got like what I call the Homer Simpson wardrobe. So it's like literally the same jeans, the yeah, same yeah, t-shirt. Yeah. Like, you, yeah. you, you've heard yeah. this before, but whether or not that's true is irrelevant. But I think there's merit in that. And I think it's just like, it's one less decision they have to make. Now, while I don't have a Homer Simpson wardrobe, I do believe the smoothie contributes to that kind of, like you say, cognitive fatigue. 100%. It's something which I talk a lot about to my clients. And I think that's so, so key. And dude, you talked uh, a little bit about sort of like cognitive function first thing in the morning. I also noticed, uh, I sound like a right creeper here, man, but occasionally I'll see like a bulletproof coffee turn up on your stories. And I'm like, okay, cool. Someone who is, you know, evidence-based quote unquote, you know, uh, uh, largely we fall into kind of camps of like, that's just not a cool thing to do because that's associated with keto. And we know that carbs aren't bad. And there's you like, I know carbs aren't bad and I'm having my fucking bulletproof coffee. Like, does it make you feel a certain way or is it just taste? Or again, is it just happy? now i think that's the thing and you're absolutely right it's like you know there's such a big camp of like well i'm evidence spiced and it's, you know it's linked with keto so therefore it's bad like I'm, I'm not keto i've tried it once because i like to try everything twice um and i think i think the reason i do it and i stick with it is because a i genuinely believe that having fat with your caffeine will slow down the caffeine spike so you have less of a high and less of a low off the back of the, the less yeah. high yep. equally well i do very much enjoy the taste uh, and I feel like it's it, it's one of those things. I actually enjoy the process maybe more than I like the actual coffee. Like I really right. love the coffee, but you know, it's the same mug. I get the mug to temperature. I preheat the mug. I know you're kind of funny with things like this as well. It's like, yeah, I like yeah. to make it like the whole experience is a really enjoyable process. And then when I sit down, I'm like, yeah, this is the one. We'll just have five <laughs> minutes before everyone else wakes up. Yeah. The downside is if you've not already done it, your arse will fall out the first time you try it. So <laughs> like, come on, me. You need to be near a toilet. Mate, that's not the first problem I had, to be fair. I think the one time I tried it, I put like I put it in a blender, I thought, and I forgot to put the top on. So like bulletproof coffee was like, around my ceilings, man. Hot coffee, butter everywhere, nightmare. So I was like, nah, not for me. Um, but dude, I might revisit that to be fair. <laughs> You do need to blend it though, because otherwise, like a lot of people have tried it by stirring it in, but you need to emulsify the fat through the through the coffee, so it needs to be blended. And I actually oh. prefer coconut oil to butter, just purely because I like the taste of coconut. So, and I don't use a lot, like half a teaspoon, tiniest little bit. You don't need milk, and it's probably well, there's no probably about it. It's absolutely creamier than a, a milky coffee. So, kind of, I don't drink milk, so it's kind of two double whammies there. Wicked. So you literally just chuck it in a blender, good to go, sort of thing. Yeah, for sure. And it tastes good, less of a caffeine spike. And to be honest with you, I think most people are like, oh my God, how many calories are in it? Like, I don't know, like 98, last name I tracked it. 
Like, yeah, exactly. If you're not shooting with eight calories, yeah, people would have more like flipping Starbucks with like the whipped cream and the sprinkles on top. That for sure, for totally sure. acceptable, right? <laughs> um, fantastic. All right, dude. Well, listen. One of the one of kind of the main things which I wanted to kind of pick your brains on, and you touched on it a little bit about the intro. Whereas, like, there is not necessarily this binary choice between like fat loss or, or muscle gain, and you obviously incorporate the health side of things into your programming and into your kind of ethos, mission, and vision, which is great. But you and I know that the fitness industry right now is uh, is very popular and it's kind of running around talking about like calorie fucking deficit is the answer to everyone's problems. Mm. And on one hand, I understand where they're coming from because it's like, okay, let's forget all like the nonsense which people have been sold and the supplements and the pipe dream. So let's just dumb it down to what really matters. At the same time, man, it's like that's hardly cured the obesity epidemic. Like people know to eat less and move more, right? So from where you're standing and sitting, if someone came to you, is the first thing you say, like, cool, pull calories down and off we go? Because I know it's not. So where do you stand on that? What do you do differently? And why do you think that's potentially an oversimplification of, you know, how to get in shape? Well, I think that's a bit eight questions, so I'll do my best. So, uh, like, what do I do straight up the bat? I don't lower their calories. I keep their calories. I better than I put their calories up most of the time, yep. um, which freaks most people out. But I think if you can show people like when people come to me let's go right to the start what people say is that they want to look better like that's one of the first things that every single guy that i've ever worked with is, has identified as a goal however in the same breath there's not even a full stop between the two things they tell me that they want to feel better that they feel like shit they've got low energy it's like sweet so going into a calorie deficit is going to exacerbate that problem yeah so right cool like if you want to, if we've got the two kind of most common primary goals that kind of always come in people's mouth is to look better, to feel better. Cool. We need to feel better before we look better. People think they're going to look better and thus feel better as a result, but they've got the help. They're putting the cart before the horse. Yeah. We need to feel better. So we've got the energy to work on looking better. So I think the whole thing circles around the production and conservation of, of it and protection of better energy. So we put their calories up nine times out of 10. And like I say, a lot of the time I get met with this initial like, whoa, Nelly, like I told you I want to lose weight. Like, <laughs> like what is this? Yeah. I think a lot of the time, A, you, you show them how to eat more for less. So yes. you know the drill, like higher nutrient density, lower caloric quantity, yep. fine. Yep. Like that's easy for most people. But I think it's not easy unless you teach people how to cook. So you need to give them the skills to cook better. Like I know you like cooking, grilling, like you're good at it. Same with me. Other people don't, and they've not been taught those skills. So it's on us to teach them how to make things that taste good because in most people's minds, vegetables taste like shit because you're taking a broccoli, cutting it up, throwing it in a pan, boiling it for 15 minutes, and then putting it on your plate and being like, oh, this is horrible. Yeah, no wonder they serve better vegetables in prison, I'm sure. So what we need to do is learn how to cook it. Like we need to look at roasting, about flavor profiles, yep. different oils, different spices, and like ways to flavor things without going crazy on the calories, right? So yeah, we, we put that kind of energy and health first, Sharif. So by doing that, by bringing their calories up and by saying, listen, if you're my client, we're, we're not in a fat loss phase. So I need you to take whatever that hat is that you have with fat loss on it off and put it to one side. We'll pick it back up. For now, I want you to sleep better. I want you to digest your food better. And I want you to deal with your stress. So sleeping, that's usually an easy fix. We've got some lifestyle stuff we can put in. We won't touch supplements until we've fixed the lifestyle stuff. We've got the uh, digestion issues. We've touched on the smoothie. That's had a real easy fix. We'll give them a digestive enzyme supplement nine times out of 10. Once we've got them kind of digesting, they're, they're no longer constipated twice a week. They're no longer, like most people, most guys, you see their first form. They've got a loose stool day one, no stool day two, a normal stool day three, rinse and repeat. And it's like, bloody hell, we've got like the whole gamut going on here. Let's fix that. So we fixed their tummy. We fixed their sleep. 
And then we look at their stress. And I think when most people look at stress and even to a degree, a lot of coaches fixing people's stress, they look at how do we kind of install stress trains and reduce their stress? Like we pull the stress down, we remove the stresses. And as Luke Lehman says, in this country, it is frowned upon to sell your children to gypsies. So we can't, we can offload some stresses, but your children and like you, you can't just sack off your missus, sell your children to gypsies and then just go and live in the forest. It doesn't work like that. We can get rid of some of them, but I think stress management goes in two camps. And the only one that's been taken care of is the reduction of stress. But we need to like, that's reducing sympathetic tone. We also need to build parasympathetic tone because they're not on a seesaw. You can't bring one down and expect the other to go up. You can have them both low. You've, low, you've reduced stress, but you've not actually taught them how to de-stress. So we need to learn journal and breath work, meditation, like case in point this morning when I came in, the reason that like the time that we're doing this suited me a little bit better is like, I didn't get a chance to do some breath work this morning. So I went and lay on the floor in the living room and spazzed out for 10 minutes. You have to make the time for that stuff. So we can do those three things, sleep, stress, digestive function. I think then and only then once we fix that, which may take 10 weeks, they tend to lose a bit of weight. They lose what they think is fat. A lot of it is. A lot of it's inflammation and water retention, which has been lost through living a less inflammatory lifestyle they've lost they're already sold in because they're eating more and their umbilicals drop in and they're like what is this witchcraft so from that point in i never have to sell a method to a client and convince them the way i did at the start if they can give me five to ten weeks at the start all of a sudden they're like me i'm eating a thousand calories more than i was and my waist is three inches smaller like like i'm sold i'm in and they just they'll never question it yeah, no, I like that a lot. And then to be fair, that was going to be my next question. It's like, cool, I, me as a coach, I completely understand the rhyme, reason and rationale behind going down the right, we need to make you feel better first and set the foundations before we even start to think about fat loss. But for me, and this whole like, uh, you know, delivery mindset of like, I want results yesterday. It's like, how do you get that buy in of like, yo, you're going to need to give me five to 10 weeks before we sort your shit out before we even start to think about calorie deficits and all the rest of it. But I guess, like you quite rightly said, once they've got that buy in that like, actually, I'm feeling so much better, potentially eating more food, uh, you know, circumferences are coming down, then you, you have that buy in and then it's all good, right? Yeah, sweet. And you can say to them, like, listen, Sharif, like you've lost that much already. We've not even been a fat loss phase. Like we've we've now done a bit of time together. You're feeling good. Yeah, energy's up. Energy was a five when you came to me subjectively. It's now a nine, right? So do you want to drop the hammer and go into fat loss phase? Is that still I also question, is that still something that we want to kind of acquire? Because a lot of the time, the fact that they lose, the inflammation they lose, the size that they lose in that first phase when we're not looking at fat loss is 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 enough. Like they'll be like, you know, man, I'm like. I'm actually, I don't feel like I need to be any leaner. And I'll say, no, I don't. Like we can see your top two, four abs, whatever. Just because you've seen a picture of me or, or you or someone else peeled and like in a, in, covered in coconut oil. Like, you know, what, like what reason have you got to do that? Like, if you want to, I'm happy to help you, but you need yeah. to understand that there's a trade-off. And most of them will be like a little bit leaner, but not as lean as I thought I wanted to be when I started. I realize now that the energy part of my initial goal was far bigger than the, the, the physique side. No, I like that a lot, man. I like that a lot. And yeah, it's so true. The trade-off and how many times have you been in photo shoot shape when, I mean, for me, all I'm thinking about is cool. I can't wait to smash the bakery after this. Can you it's hurry fun. up, please? You know, it's not fun. And it's like, if anything, like, you know, yourself, like you just create a monster for afterwards, like the bakery situation. Yeah. And then you end up living against your values for at least 48, 72 hours, just being a total tosser inflaming yourself to high heaven and then having to spend the next week to five weeks fixing it all and then you're constipated and you oh, what's the point 
Yeah, no, 100%, 100%, man. And I think, you know, going back to your point about like fixing the foundations versus really, really key and integral. And again, something which you don't hear spoken about a lot, probably because on surface level, it feels like that's going to take some time and people are so quote unquote time poor. So what would you say do to like uh, the audience or people that listen to this are like, oh, this approach sounds amazing, fixing, you know, the way you're feeling before aesthetics and all the rest of it. But like, fuck man, like, like my shit is all over the place and you're talking about sleep and meditation and journaling and fucking keeping calm. Like I can barely, you know, get my smoothie in on time, whatever. So what would you say to people? Like, how can we, and I, I think that's where the calorie deficit thing shines because it's like, oh, one simple thing that's going to fix my problem is you and me know that it doesn't and you and me know that it's more complicated. But I guess for someone that comes to you, man, who is either time poor or doesn't have the, the, the availability to learn as much as you're teaching, where would you start with them? What would I say to those people besides calling um, is uh, I would say those people like you, you nailed it. You actually said the sentence I was kind of teeing up, which is fix one thing first. And unfortunately, like the the kind of magpie syndrome, the shiny object is the calorie deficits. Like, well, I can see enough information about that to treat that as my one thing, but it's not the one thing. It's all the other things. So it's like just treat one of those things first. I feel like this is why obviously you will and I have a fairly robust consultation thing coming into the business. We have a, a robust consultation kind of process. So that I can then sift through the data and be like, cool, for Sharif versus Matt, if we were the two clients, where's the kind of biggest hole in Sharif's current lifestyle? Like, is it sleep? Because it's like, sometimes they could be like me, I get like a four out of 10 sleep quality. I wake four to five times during the night. I wake up feeling like a bag of dicks. I struggle to fall asleep. And like, that's probably the biggest crisis point now. Is it that straightforward? No, like we've both got kids. You're not in control of your sleep a lot of the time, man. Like it, it doesn't always work like that, but you are in control of when you go to bed. You are in control of like how you go to bed. And okay, while the children may decide through the night that that's not quite, they decide the game plan. You can still control the environment with which you give yourself and the sleep opportunity with which you give yourself, which is just as important. So that when the kids do decide, because nobody's kids are up every night, then ultimately when the kids do decide to, to play ball and they're tired, like Nixon was destroyed last night, he slept like super late this morning to wake him up for school, then you, you that sleep opportunity that you've been consistently giving yourself, it's not, a, it's not an anomaly. It's not like a random thing that you just randomly tried to crowbar into a really shit sleep pattern. It's been, you've always given yourself between this time and that time, this time and that time, same, 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 same. Feel night's opportunity to sleep, boss, you feel like an absolute legend. And as the kids get older, as you'll know, like it gets better. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And people are like, well, I'll just wait till the kids are kind of sleeping better to start to fix this stuff. It's like, this makes absolutely no sense. It's like waiting to say like, I'll wait until things are being repossessed from my house to start saving. What? Yeah, yeah. it's just procrastination. It's just realizing that, yeah, th- th- there is going to be no optimal. Like you said, if you've got a wife, kids, family, whatever, um, you know, it's, it's not going to be optimal and you're going to have to make do with the best situation. I like that what you said about building upon one habit first. It's really, really key. And uh, dude, you know, you strike me as a person. I know before air, you were saying that actually right now, I'm a little bit burnt out. I'm in need of a, a bit of a recharge, a bit of a reset before I, you know, go another push either with life or with business or what have you. And I think a lot of people in, again, my sort of circles will experience similar things, but they won't almost know what the red lights are before, you know, they, they go crashing down. And you were already saying to me, like, you know, some things were creeping up that I know, like, well, warning signals. What are they? How do you recognize them? And what would you say to someone who is uh, experiencing signs of burnout or the early symptoms anyway? For sure. I think like the most important thing is you kind of touched on there is that you we recognize that life is not a marathon the way that people think it is a series of sprints. And as soon as you can get your head into it being a series of sprints, but as it was in the office. So again, a lot of kind of any of the wisdom that I have, if we even want to label it, is that 
it came from engineering because there was obviously it was a very process driven industry. You try building a multi million dollar building without without a process, it's not going to happen. And it was always sprints. When you have a push, then we kind of you know you have to what we call strategic disengagement. You have to disengage in order to fully engage. So for me, I felt my I've recently felt myself like I, I have an upcoming project and it's pending and it's creeping up and the calendar is getting closer and closer and closer. And I said to Sarah this week, I was like, listen, I'm going to book a cottage. We're going to go away because obviously we can't go away away because what a palava is. Yep. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll just go up north to the islands. We'll get a cottage. And I'm just going to chill and not go on the computer, not go on the internet, whatever else. And I think the red flags for me are like, I've started to be more tired. Like I know I'm more tired. Like I, I feel my body completely shattered at the end of a work day. I also like, because I track my, my variables, especially on the aura ring, like I know that my rest and heart rates creeped up about five to 10 points. So it's like, I'm not getting less fit because I'm still training. So I'm potentially now just redlining myself a wee bit hard, like 10 beats a minute, so a big jump. So we can see that equally well. Like my body's sore, like from training, I'm not recovering the way I should. I've got a couple of carrying a couple of weird niggles, like my left knee and my right ankle, which isn't a great combination, are both <laughs> just kind of like, <laughs> like crippled me. Like they're both just not really enjoying life. And then my, like I tried to train yesterday and I went in and started training. And this is a great point. I made it in the Facebook group that I have for my guys is I went in, I loaded up the bar, did a couple of bar sets with the squat. And then I loaded up the weights and something just wasn't in, just wasn't right. Like I was getting really burning muscles. And then I was like, right, I'll try an upper body movement and see what it's like. Loaded up the lat, pulled down, same thing. Lats were burning like mad. And the biochemical reasons are probably irrelevant in this context, but me understanding those were like, cool, I'm probably more stressed than I need to be. I'm probably in a rampant glycolytic state and I'm probably just not buffering hydrogen properly in a nutshell. Cool, what do we need to do? Just de-stress, take a week off training, maybe take some time off work. Like yesterday afternoon, just put the phone down, just like I'm not working all afternoon, ignored everything until this morning. Nobody's dying. I'm not, I think coaches need to remember that. We're not doctors, like we're not emergency doctors. Nobody dies if you don't do your job for 45 minutes or four to five hours. Learn to detach. And I think that's the biggest thing. Strategic disengagement. Everybody sucks at disengaging because we're always facing our mobile phones, constantly engaged, constantly entertained. 100%. Learn to switch off and unplug. Now, I like that a lot. And that's something which I talk to my guys and girls about, like just pushing and pulling. And I'll check in, you know, on a Sunday. It's like, cool, is this, is this week a push week for you in terms of, you know, fat loss and muscle building? Or are we actually pulling back? And now it's a maintenance week because you've actually got a lot of stuff on. So, yeah, raising awareness around those kind of key symptoms before it actually goes crashing down, I think, is super key, man. Um, wicked. And kind of like diving around a little bit, but just focusing now on, you know, you, you talk about your rules, routines, habits, standards, structures, which you've got in place now, which get potentially prevent burnout, or at the very least, you know, the signs of it. So that might mean breath work, that might mean getting up at a certain time, going to bed at a certain time. I know you wear the blue light blockers, da, 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 da. Dude, what would you say to people who are like all over the place in terms of organization, in terms of their time management? Because for you, it seems like, you know, when I gave you the Canley link, you're like, dude, you've got so many damn slots. And you're like, I've only got one, you know? And I was like, shit, okay, that's actually a good point. Um, so yeah, how do you stay organized on top of everything, especially with so much to, you know, deal with on top of business, life, yeah, your missus, your, your kid and all the rest of it? Um, I think like disciplines obviously like the two words that i ask the boys to live by in the group is discipline and pride and I, I i don't know i can't i feel like the further on you get in any career in any space and i'm hoping you can attest to this because i know a lot of other coaches can 
when you get asked questions like this, the tendency is to fabricate some origin story that makes kind of paints you in kind of glory, like, oh, well, actually, let me tell you a story, Sharif, and it makes you look like some sort of hero. The answer is I don't really know. I'm reluctant to paint some backstory that, you know, is, is all by design. I am inherently a very disciplined person. I feel like, again, it was probably born at 10 years in engineering is a lot. And it, it everything was done, you know, the, the, the drawings had to be submitted to the council then. The drawings had to be submitted to the architect then. It, it, there, there wasn't an option for lateness because that came with like hundreds of thousands of pounds of fines. Interesting. Okay. Equally well, there wasn't room for mistakes because in structural engineering that I worked in, if I made a mistake on a drawing and it was deemed to be my mistake and solely Matt Peacock's mistake, it's criminal law. And if, if, it, if it fell down and killed, if I, if I built a building for you and your offices, it fell down and killed one of your employees, I go to jail potentially if it's my mistake. So there wasn't room for mistakes and there wasn't room for lateness. So I just learned to live by a diary. I learned to, and I, that's one of the first things I ask all my clients to do is like, let's just structure your life a bit because at the moment you're flying by the seat of your pants. And you're like, you're, no wonder you're always bloody stressed because you're, you're always like, you, you don't track anything. What do you mean I need to be at swimming in half an hour with the kids? Like, put it in your fucking diary. It happens every week. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is not rocket science. And I feel like if you can live with that discipline, oh, uh, you know, what time should I get up at? Well, until you're willing to get up at the same fucking time every morning, the time is irrelevant. The time is always irrelevant. It's just sticking to something that you said you would do. And I think that's the thing that's like people mistake the two motivation and discipline we look at motivation motivation for me is just doing what you fancy doing when you fancy doing it yeah discipline is doing what you said you were going to do irrespective of how you're feeling and that for me is more important so i think like the whole thing is just based around discipline getting something even as simple as google calendar which like apple calendar is the absolute aids of the calendar world i just don't understand <laughs> I do not understand why that was ever a thing. Google Calendar is a thing of beauty in comparison. Just start to set recurring um, calendar invites. And I mean everything. Like if you if you train, like for me, most clients struggle to find a training slot. Like oh, Matt said, I was going to, how many times have you heard this? Sharif? I was going to train on Wednesday, but then the day just got away from me. Like book yourself first, right? Put it in like you would a client meeting or what have you, right? Like fix the fucking time as well. Like yep. just like for me, 11 o'clock is a good spot. Like 11 o'clock, I've had a meal. I've had some time to digest it. Yep. I've usually kind of done a bit of work and I need a break from the computer. So 11 o'clock every day in my calendar, training, 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 training. No right. one can book in. Nothing can interrupt it. That works for me very, very well. And I feel like that's the kind of discipline you need. It's not like some, I feel like there's also like discipline gets wrapped up in some weird military connotation where we've just yeah, got yeah, to yeah. suffer all the time. And it's like this like macho chest banging discipline. It's nothing to do with that. Like it's nothing to do with that. It's just discipline and pride in who you are and what you said you would do. It's, that's that's You don't have to be Jocko willing. Yeah. You don't have to be Jocko Willink, although I do like what he says in terms of like discipline equals I agree free. entirely. I, entirely. But I feel like there's this like kind of this big move towards like, you know, especially in the male, like for me with males, I see it a lot where they come on board and they've got almost this kind of like military. Yeah. I, of, I need to macho. suffer for this to work. And I need to, this needs to be, you know, painful sort of thing when the reality is you probably get them out of pain quite quickly. As we discussed before this call, this poster behind me, I'm going to die at some point. So are you, bro what the fuck is this suffering only option? Like one day you're going to be in a box. <laughs> I didn't sign up for that. It's like, I mean, like, oh, Sharif lived a good life. He suffered every day. Like what funeral? Like I fucking do not want that said at my funeral. Like Matt was well known for suffering. All he did was suffer. Like I'm not Jesus. There's no like, points know, like, for that. <laughs> mate, you know, like 
Matt lived a good life. He was happy. He did what he wanted when he wanted. And he lived on his own terms. And, you know, he lived with discipline and he lived with pride. But he wasn't a fool for, like, suffering things he didn't need to. Yeah. Enjoy the ride. Like, Christ, I could be hit by a bus later on. I want to be enjoying it. Like, it's not about macho chest bang. And I think a lot of my male clients get that wrong when they first come in. And they think maybe I give off a bit of that vibe. And then when they come on board, they're like, what is this is all far softer than our thoughts like yeah like for me i'm working hard to try and reclaim the kind of masculinity thing and it's like a softer version for the 21st century because men are like they're they're all over the shop like you're not like to say anything as a bloke anyway because if you're like if you're a white male like you are the like you're not a minority in any way shape or form like who are you so you're you, already you, in you, trouble for not saying anything for, like sure, for sure like what do you mean you didn't stand up for black lives matter or yeah. something like that and like all this is irrelevant but you're already kind of targeted for these things. Stop making it worse for yourself. Just like a softer version of a bloke is a good thing in my opinion. And learning that not everything has to be suffering all the time. Like just like, let's bring everything down 10 notches. Let's yeah. like put the fires out. Let's relax a bit. Maybe let's enjoy your fucking time with the children. I love and that. Stop stressing out about work so much because you know what? You, like I got made redundant twice in 10 year career because every time the industry goes down the pan, like every time financially it goes down the pan, like, you know, every 10 years that happens, we're in the middle of one right now. Then engineering goes down the shitter because nobody builds anything. Nobody's needing a new building right now. So you learn to just like, just try enjoying yourself a bit. I think that's a really, really important factor in like the whole process of losing weight. It's like, about if I just suffer one more day in a deficit, blow it off. Yeah, you can't you can't live like that. You cannot absolutely come at it from a place of, of hate or from self-loathing and, and all the rest of it. But yeah, it I guess it might might be quite uh, harder to get your guys to sort of think across that kind of bandwidth initially. But uh yeah, man, that's that's super interesting for sure. Um, man, this has been absolutely fantastic. I think there's been a lot of gold in there. I know you're gonna go ahead and train soon, so I'm gonna let you go. But dude, uh a little bit about your your new kind of projects, where to find you, where's the best place to get in contact if people want to do so. So you can get me on uh, Instagram at Matt underscore optimize. That's my page. So if you want like some memes and stuff on there, like that's where I go. Um, and if you want the more coaching side of things, it's at we are optimized. That's the business page. So it depends what you're looking for. If you want to get in shape and get shredded and like get healthy, we are optimized. If you want some slightly inappropriate memes uh, and poor humor, <laughs> Matt underscore optimize. Just go ahead and follow both. Uh <laughs> Matt, dude, I really appreciate the time. Uh, thank you for fitting me into your diary. I'll definitely get you back on here soon, bro, if you're up for it. But uh, man, thank you so much. You're most welcome. Thank you for having me, buddy. Nice one, brother. In a bit.